if you're watching on the WRAL Sports Fan app, if you're watching on WRALsportsfan.com, or perhaps later today when you watch this on YouTube, you can see the green satin Miami Hurricane starter jacket in all its glory. Joe, at some point in time, this jacket fit my dad. There's no way it would fit him now. And it's actually starting to worry me that I don't really fit in it anymore. But you know what? It's comfortable. Feels like home. Classic, man. It's a classic. It feels like the Miami Hurricanes. It only took nearly 30 years of being in the ACC. But, but, they finally come around to helping out the conference, Joe. Finally here. No, they helped last year. Did they? They, got to the, they got to the final eight last year. That I was know, good. They got to the elite eight. They got to the elite eight. So, everybody say it with me. Do you? Oh. Let's go, Joe. I'm okay with the you. The you? Yeah, throw the you up. Although my dad has be- has, has some beef with you. Now what? He has some beef with you. He's actually going to come on at 345 today. And uh, he was convinced that you had been jinxing them all season long. Unless there was a reverse jinx taking place. Uh, there was. I was quite pleased with myself as well. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. No, so as, a plan all along. As I, so as, as I got as, you, Ernie, <laughs> and a twenty to one ticket. <laughs> Thank you very much. Mind tricks. <laughs> what are you like, Littlefinger? It's chaos is the ladder. And I, I finally found myself to success. So my my brother in law has a theory about uh, pools or fantasy leagues that you're in. Yeah. That on a given year, you probably only can win one. Sure. sure right. Sure. If you're like one of these people, you're in a. You're in an NFL league, you're yeah. in a playoff league, you're in a uh, Final Four bracket, all these other things. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably, there's a rule, you're probably going to win one, sure. right? So when Norchad Ramirez gets hurt in the first minute of the Duke game in the ACC tournament, I'm thinking to myself, I was very mad. Mm-hmm. They were not going to win the ACC tournament without Omir. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. No. And I picked them to win the ACC tournament, and I was not happy about that. But then I thought to myself of Christian's rule. Maybe this means they're going to have success in the NCAA tournament. Sure enough, maybe that's all they needed. They needed the, they the injury and to get eliminated because you can't be greedy. That's basically what it comes down that's to. You can't win all these things. So why not Why not pick the one that's going to matter the most, and that's the NCAA tournament. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. This is the OG. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. You can check it out on YouTube as well. Look up 99.9 The Fan Raleigh on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Okay. And and I am here for the you. And I am here for that 20 to 1 ticket. But I am not here for you to tell me now that the ACC retroactively was good this year. Because Miami's in the Final Four. Why? Miami being good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Two things can ha- whoa, can be whoa, true. No, 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 no. That's not how this works. Two things can be true no, at once. No. The ACC no. can be not up to its own standard. No. And let alone have some teams that are at the bottom that are, are garbage. Absolutely not. And Miami can still be a good team. Miami going to the Final Four doesn't magically mean Carolina should have been in the tournament. It doesn't magically mean that we need to forgive Virginia and NC State for going 0-1 in the NCAA tournament. No. Miami is Miami. Their performance stands on its own. See, this is why the ACC can't have nice things. Explain. Be- because 
let's look. I'm at giving the, Miami credit. I'm uh, good. I'm glad you are giving Miami credit. And actually, Jim Laranega deserves some more flowers for his career. Thank you very much. This second Final Four. Second Final Not Four. Not with a traditional school, George Mason. Either Miami one. and ba- Miami didn't have a basketball program from what seventy one to eighty five. Yeah, they brought it back in nineteen eighty five. They went fourteen years without basketball. FAU, which is a relatively new school in the grand scheme of things. Um, a school that w- was just one decommissioned World War II airstrip that I remember growing up and la- launching Estes rockets from with my dad. Uh, they didn't start up their basketball program until 1988, and they lost only three times so far this season. They've had an incredible season. Yeah, okay. If, if you if you're looking for the big takeaway, I do think the story of Miami is about Jim Laranega. Okay, that to me is the story. It's not Miami as a program or any of that stuff. It's him because we've spent a lot of time talking about old coaches who have lost touch. We talk about old coaches like Jim Beheim, who went out like a sucker at the ACC tournament, making what should have been a celebration of his career. Yet another example of man, get out, you know, like you, you bring no joy to the table anymore. You've been miserable for a decade. Get out. Okay. Roy Williams. There was a lament with NIL, and he felt like he couldn't do it anymore. Obviously, nobody's going to celebrate Coach K because people like to dunk on Coach K. So, And then we have Jay Wright leaving early, and it's like, oh, my goodness, this is terrible for college basketball. Let's not forget that when John Beeline left Michigan to go coach the Cavaliers, there was a subset of people who thought, oh, my goodness, this is terrible for the state of college basketball where John Beeline can't even deal with it anymore. All the while... A guy like Jim Laranega has plugged away, has adapted, and has had some really good Miami teams. This is not his first good Miami squad, and certainly it won't be the last. And along the way, he's adapted to what the market has given him. NIL, cool, got it. We'll we'll adapt. We'll bring guys in. We you you mentioned you mentioned Omir, you mentioned Pack, Nigel Pack. All this stuff works in concert. So good for Jim Laranega. 17 years apart in terms of a Final Four appearances with two completely different makeups of schools. And I do think his time at Miami should be given more flowers than it has, given all the other Hall of Fame coaches that have since left us. And by the way, getting to the Final Four with George Mason and getting to the Final Four with Miami also puts you in the Hall of Fame class. I really don't know how else to put it, but come on now. You Winning at Carolina, you know, yada, yada. Okay, these are two different pl- spots that are not traditionally good. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Now, about the ACC stuff. Can two things be true about the ACC? Of course they can. Of course they can. But this is why you're not cut out for the big boy college athletics discourse, Joe. You'd never hack it in the SEC. Because remember, when something good happens to a team in the SEC, everybody gets on board. Everybody. All boats. Everybody's excited about Georgia winning a national championship. Everybody's excited about Alabama winning another national championship. Who cares if you're South Carolina and you can't get out of your own damn way? SEC, SEC. Here's what's going on when people start touting the ACC. It's pettiness. It's pettiness. For the last couple of years, everybody's been coming at the ACC's neck. For what reason? I don't know why. Is it Isn't it their own standard? Is it no, 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 no. I don't think it's I don't think it's the ACC's own standard. I don't even think it's that. Okay. I don't think it's that. I think I think so many other conferences or basketball observers are so sick and tired of the ACC having the tradition that it has, or Duke and Carolina kind of running the show and Duke and Carolina always being the focal point in the regular season with their two matchups and everything else, that 
we're really desperate to tell you that these other conferences are just as good, if not better, than the ACC. So when the ACC was having, admittedly, a down season, the last couple seasons have been down, where Hall of Fame coaches are on their way out, people have taken great joy in dunking on the ACC. I mean, you've seen it, right? They take great joy in it. But how bad was it? And this is the thing that bothers me. This is the thing that bothers me. You used to vote on the AP Top 25 for, for basketball, right? Yes. For football, it's easier than basketball. Oh, basketball is really hard. There's 300-some-odd basketball yeah. schools, right? There's a lot of games, too. Okay, a lot of games. There's no way to keep up with it. It's really, really difficult. I mean, you, you have a life, right? You do. Okay, So, and you had a main job on top of mm-hmm. voting for the AP Top 25. So there's no possible way to keep up with all this stuff. No. So over time, I think there's been an over-reliance on metrics. This is not an anti-metrics rant. Right. I'm just simply saying it's a good way to chat GPT who's good and who's bad. Well... What does Ken Palm say? What what does Florida Atlantic say? would have if you use Ken Palm, Florida Atlantic, you would have thought before the tournament, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good team. Top forty offense, top forty defense. Yet people are sitting here going, My goodness, where do they come from? Where are they coming from? Well, FAU's a good example of that. Like, hey, the metrics said they were good and here they are backing it up. Sure. They didn't get the seed right, but here they are backing it up in the final four. But we agree Louisville was still terrible, right? Like Those that's are, okay. There's two separate conversations. Yeah. If the bottom of the league is truly the bottom, then just point out that yeah. it's truly the bottom of the league. I have never understood why we judge ACC football, for example, by its worst teams. That has always driven me crazy. Well, that's what we're doing in basketball. and then But we never do that with the SEC. We never judge them by their worst teams. Okay, so because you're more intellectually on it than most other conference people are, I think that's why we have a hard time really kind of getting behind it. So here's where, here's where it's coming from. If you've spent the last couple of years ripping the ACC, and in the last five years they've had five different Final Four teams, what do you expect ACC people to do in return? Like, oh, you mean the Mountain West is better than us? Hmm, interesting. Oh, they the- know how to schedule better. I know that. Well, and that's isn't that what it's that's about? That's kind of what the ACC needs to take away from this: schedule better. But well, there's another part though too, which I think is where you're going, because you know. We we ha- I have a great relationship with Roy Williams, and I'm not the only one. But he's not glad. He wasn't glad handing anybody. Hubert Davis certainly isn't out there making friends in the media because he's he's focused on what he's doing at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Mike Shashevsky at that point in his career, you know, yes, he had a farewell tour and invited a lot of different people around to write a story, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't pressing the flesh with the taste makers of college basketball and. You know, you look at this and you you look at Miami and you go, well, why haven't people been talking about Miami this year? Because if you look at what they did outside of the league, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It was actually really good. There was nothing wrong with their profile. Like the ACC sins, Miami has nothing to do with them when mm-hmm. you look at what they did non-conference. Yeah, right. Now you look at this. We talked about how Jim Laranega has adjusted and used NIL. How is that not a bonus? But is Jim Laranega out there? Does he have Jeff Goodman on speed dial? No. Does he have John Rothstein on speed dial? No. Whoever the guy is from the Big East? John Fanta. The tastemaker from the Big East? My guy. Right? John Fanta. I've never so, met John Fanta, but yeah. Uh, plus, what does Miami not have? An unbelievable following. No, they don't. So I think a lot of the reasons that you and I have pointed out the prop, what the problems are with the ACC, mm-hmm. in football in particular, it's the size of these schools. And they don't have a big enough following. So I think a lot of these tastemakers, if you will, National college basketball pundits have either ta- have either dunked on the ACC or not engaged with a team like Miami 
because it doesn't generate enough traffic for them. Well, it doesn't the, generate enough interest or revenue for them. The, the size of the school, I don't know if that necessarily matters. because The, the following of the, the school absolutely the, does. The, but the Big East is filled with a bunch of small the, private that, The Catholic following schools. of the school absolutely does. Those schools have a following. They do though. at least have a and following. They, but they also, it's either one or the other, right? You either have a following or you're a glad hander. Yes. Jay Wright's, uh, Jay Wright's on CBS right now. Not Roy Williams, not Mike Krzyzewski. Right. He knew how to play the game. He plays the game. When you look at these resumes, and we'll get into some of these resumes of the big programs in the last 25 years, Villanova's got two titles, but mm-hmm. you'd think they'd have eight. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. Look, man, I've been saying it all year. College basketball has become so niche that we've allowed a handful of people to dictate how people talk about things. That's not and our one problem. Of, and one of the reasons they talk and have those conversations, though, about an Alabama, about a Big 12 team, is because they can get more traffic when they talk about those teams of and or they know the coach. Of course. I'm, not, I'm not accusing them of doing anything nefarious. No, it's just what you know the coach <laughs> I would, is help. I would, but I would also like to make money, too. As Dennis mentioned in the update, Tyrese Proctor got on Instagram today and said, let's run it back. Average 9.4 seasons per game. Three re- rebounds in his freshman season with the Blue Devils. I'm a little surprised that Tyrese Proctor is coming back. Just a smidge, Joe. Just a smidge. Because I thought as the season progressed, he probably was the one who likely showed. Remember, he reclassified everything else. Yeah. He showed so much improvement as the season went on and showed some aspects of his game that I'm guessing that NBA scouts liked that I wouldn't have surprised me that maybe he moved himself up into a potential first-round, not lottery pick, but maybe late first-round guy. Just a, just, just a thought, just something that I, I noticed. So him announcing that he's coming back went, oh, okay, well, that's that's good for Duke. Um, that also now means what about Kyle Filipowski? There, there's a guy who could certainly want to come back, and I can see where he needs to improve on his game, mainly his shooting, consistently, you know, consistent shooting from three. Uh, just not it was just was wasn't something that was necessarily part of his game consistently enough this past season. I think most people understand Derek Lively is going to be gone. He was a one and done player. Derek Whitehead likely gone as well. Lively or not Lively, Proctor is going to play with the guys he was recruited with this upcoming season. So that leaves Jeremy Roach in an interesting position at Duke right now. Uh, he was the the crusty old guy. He was the the veteran leadership, the connective tissue from last year to this year. And we heard plenty about Jeremy Roach's leadership as the season progressed and why people were so high on the Blue Devils down the stretch about understanding the roles and everything else. But what happens to a guy like Roach where Proctor comes back and you've got a talented class coming in for John Shire? Does he stick around? Does he reassess his role? Does he transfer somewhere? Just some intriguing roster management that the extra COVID year has allowed and also NIL has allowed where guys might be more inclined to stick around because they can make some money and hold off on the NBA a little bit. Yeah, I've also had people ask me about a player like Jack Clark. Mm-hmm. You know, I had said the day before that don't be surprised if you see Jack Clark's name, puts his name into the portal. Mm-hmm. Part of that is he would like to make some NIL money as a six-year player. Yeah. That's an option for him. And it's also NC State's option to say, well, here these are all part of those honest conversations, Joe. Well, here's where we see you, not only in in our team, but in the NIL hierarchy. And if you're Duke, you're having the same type of conversation. It's probably a little bit different one because Roach has been there longer, mm-hmm. whereas Clark had only been at State for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I could see, you know, Roach having a conversation. I could see John Shire saying, "This is where we think you are." 
And I could see him going, okay, I think I could do somewhere better. I, I think I could do better somewhere else. And some of those conversations you'll see too, you put your name in the portal and maybe you're a Jack Clark and the conversation comes back, oh, I think I'd rather be here because mm -hmm. <laughs> we might have a better chance to win here. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that. I mean, we're going to um, – it's funny to me because we, we just talked about how Miami didn't really get attention as the year went along. During the college football season, the conversation was, would you look at USC? They're buying a, a national championship. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Uh, Lincoln Riley bought a playoff team. They That's all he had to do was snap his fingers, and all these guys came through the portal. Weren't they, weren't they like a Pac-12 all-star team? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> well, they, they, but so, they had a bunch of guys from Oklahoma, They did, they did, they did. But, yeah, they had Jordan Addison from the ACC. They yeah. had um, – their quarter, Caleb Williams, their quarterback from Oklahoma. They had a running back from Oregon, one from Stanford. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, yeah. It's funny, though. Why did we talk about USC during the football season? Because they're this big power out West, this traditional power out West in a sport that, you know, is kind of desperate for the yearning for those old days. Oh, they right? really want that back. We didn't have any of those conversations about Miami and basketball this year, did we? No. Even though Miami was pretty straight up. Uh, Life Wallet, right, is yeah. the Ruiz company, technically John Ruiz's company down mm -hmm. in Miami, where Nigel Pack had signed a two-year deal for $800,000, $400,000 each year. We should, you know, Norchad Ramirez from Arkansas State was paid money. Yeah. And then, of course, once once Nigel, <laughs> once Nigel, Isaiah Wong figured out, wait a second, wait, these two guys are getting what? Mm -hmm. And I was the best player on the team last year? Then he put his name in the portal, don't forget. Yes, and then he did. Ruiz turned around and said, fine. Gotcha. You know, one of our conversations with one of the coaches we had this year, the payroll at Miami this year was estimated at $1.3 <laughs> That's – but you're telling me going to the Final Four it, isn't worth $1.3 It's absolutely worth it. Now, not everyone's got $1.3 no. I understand that. But everyone's going to have a hierarchy, right? Yes. So if you're going to commit to those five-star guys out of high school and you're Duke – then you tell Roach, hey man, this is what you gotta remember too now. You're investing in those players. Mm -hmm. This is where this is where the non-professionalization, professionalization of college sports has occurred. Last year, take NC State, take NC State. 350 days for Quavion Smith. Guess who's gonna have the ball? Guess who needs to drive the bus? Right? Yeah. You're not gonna invest in a star and then not have that star perform. Armando Bacon out of Carolina. A little bit different, mm -hmm. but still. He was, he was on top of their payroll. You're not going to say to him, okay, cool, we want you to sit on at the end of the bench and hold up this Dunkin' Donuts cup and go star in, in yeah. Outer Banks. Yeah. It's, we want a return our, on our investment. Miami's getting a return on their investment. USC football got a return on their investment, by the way. Mm -hmm. We should probably stop Charles Barkley bemoaning, oh my gosh, uh, NIL has ruined college sports. These players can't be paid. Charles, just think about the words that are coming out of your mouth just once, man. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. I mean, certain there are certain analysts that say things because they know it's playing to a base that blows them up on their text message. Or when they go in the back rooms and, you know, they're slapping backs and going, you know, good job or whatever on the golf course. You know, they're just like, yeah, great, great job. I love what you said there. Charles Barkley, I'm not really going to take what he says seriously. Although, here's Jay Williams. I, I actually caught this on Get Up this morning. Jay Williams, Keyshawn J. Will and Max, uh, was talking about how college hoops doesn't appeal to casual fans, which is interesting considering some of the metrics that we're getting in return. You know what the problem is? I don't think college basketball anymore is for the casuals, right? It's for the insider, people that pay attention to it. 
Like, now you might see some changes next year with Kentucky's team, DJ Wagner and company. There will be a lot of marketing around individuals like that. But until we start having brand names of players for the casuals that get marketed everywhere and get like we, the way we talked about Zion Williams and the way we talked about Trey Young, I don't think casuals will pay attention to it as much. But for basketball inside people, I love seeing a team like FAU win more tournament games this year than they have in the history of their program because it's meaningful. And that's what we're going to see more with the transfer portal in NIL. That's Jay Williams earlier today. I don't know if that applies to March Madness, though. Because March, no, well, what, what? March Madness is also after the NFL season. Yes. College basketball's biggest problem in attracting a, a wider national audience is how much it overlaps with the NFL. Not only overlaps with the NFL, but the most important part of the season for the NFL. Mm -hmm. So you, you're at a point now where they've passed the Rubicon where they're not ever going to take attention away from the NFL in January. Ever. Or December. It, it's That part's gone, unless the NFL goes away. No. Okay. And even even in February, they've ceded to things like free agency sure. and some other conversations that take but place now. As we've seen with this tournament, people still love this tournament. They do. Even if it's FAU, even if it's San Diego State, people still love this tournament. That's why the lament about, oh man, look at the secondary ticket market for the Final Four in Houston and just how bad it is, or all oh, sure the television is. ratings. Who cares? Uh, move it to a different building. If you want, yeah. If you're worried about nobody showing up, move to it this to the event, NBA arena. It'll be great. Move, yeah, move it over there. That'd be fine. And you're right. It'll probably end up being because they've done that with the Elite Eight games, mm -hmm. and they've actually ended up being better crowds, Correct. better vibes. So maybe they should do the same thing for a oh, Final but, Four. Oh, but Joe, that would be the NCAA giving up money. You see, oh, can't have you that. see only the student athletes can give up the money, well, Joe. As, not the NCAA. As, as evidenced by the women's tournament and the continued trajectory of women's tournament ratings, they're also willing to give up money on that end too. But that's another conversation for another day.